When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. The voice of Husker Nation is on the air. This is Hale Varsity Radio. Insight, opinion, expertise, along with the biggest names talking Nebraska sports. Join in with the show at 402-489-1240 or 1-800-825-5865. Now, here are your hosts, Chris Schmidt and Elijah Herbel. Welcome to it, Midweek Editions here at Tail Varsity Radio. We're presented by Currency. For all your equipment financing needs, go Currency. Chris Schmidt, Elijah Herbal, as uh, we are set to go here, inching closer to Boulder and uh, loaded up for you today. We'll spend some time with Mike Babcock. In about 15 minutes, Babbers will check in. Evan Bland of the Omaha World Herald uh, will join us in hour two. And then uh, it's always great to get perspective from a black shirt on the matchup Saturday. Jason Peter back with us here on Hale Varsity. Be good to talk to JP about the uh, showdown and some rough-and-tumble times against CU. Numbers to get in, 489-1240, 489-1240. You can also dial up across the state, 1-800-825-5865. Email the show, chris at halevarsity.com, and can find us on Twitter, the Hale Varsity Radio Twitter feed, at HVarsity Radio, the YouTube channel, Hale Varsity YouTube. Watch the show that way. Can comment in the stream yard. Can find uh, Elijah on Twitter at Herbal Essence at Schmidt underscore Radio for me. So Elijah, are you uh you ready to rock? Are you going to just go money line on uh, on Nebraska? Are you going to jump all over Colorado and that wicked swing point wise? You're a stock guy. You're a big stock guy. You uh, no doubt took the, uh, the the course at Southeast that was, I, I believe it was consumer, what was it? Consumer science or something like that? I don't know. I'm forgetting. A sophomore year of, of Lincoln. South oh, year. the uh, this stupid like career. Life, yeah, career well, lifetimes. Wow. Course. You called it stupid. <laughs> the guy who went to Nebraska on an academic scholarship is going, yeah, I wasted my time. Well, let it be known. I was the only kid in my class to get 100% on the faux job interview. Okay. Do you know why? <laughs> because you wrote it? I no, don't know. I, no, I got this. Uh, this well, it was very similar to my job interview with you where I show up and I introduce myself, and then I just end up talking Husker football with this guy for 20 minutes. And he goes, yeah, I would hire you on the, on the spot, man. Resume looks great, and uh, you, you great, great at conversation. I went, that was the job interview? We just, we just talked about the just Husker football ball, team for 20 right, minutes. Yes. And I got 100% on that. No, good. Wonderful. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, I did, I did take that class. Ex- exactly. So, but the, the, one of the exercises in it was to, to pick three stocks at the beginning of the semester and uh, see how they did by the end of the semester. And I picked, um, I picked Nike. Uh, as a stock, and I picked Nike as a stock when MJ stepped away. <laughs> it's all about timing, right? Well, uh, right now you have Nebraska about as 
mm, so-so, the, the national feel, right, on, on Nebraska after Minnesota. Not hating on Nebraska, but it's a far cry, aside from Keyshawn Johnson, it's a far cry from the love fest that is and has been Colorado. And so things are, are setting up for uh, the once-in-all opportunity for Nebraska and uh, for Colorado, two different opportunities for Nebraska to, uh, to make a statement, uh, the opportunity for Nebraska to get some, some recency and some relevancy. And the other thing I say for Nebraska fans, the opportunity for Nebraska to get some payback. Mm. So I don't know that there's anything that will ever equal 2001. What happened to Nebraska, what Colorado did to Nebraska in 2001 is we're talking 22 years later. It's still brought up. They're printing hats. Well, I was, I was watching a, uh, a little clip from a podcast last night, one of the Colorado podcasts, mm-hmm. and, and these guys brought up the fact that they, they said that game was what ended Nebraska as a national favorite. They it think was, it broke Nebraska. They think it broke Nebraska. Despite the fact that Nebraska went on and won, what is it, eight of the next ten matchups? Right, but from a from a national relevancy standpoint, Nebraska was in the top ten and stayed in the top ten, well, never again. They were there briefly under Riley in 2016 and then faded out. Uh, they were in there during the Polini era for a while, but the best they finished, and I'm not piling on, I'm just saying the best they finished at the end of the season under Bo was 14th. Mm. So... Yeah, that was the last time Nebraska finished the season in the top 10 was 2001. They finished eighth in the country. They lost to Colorado, and then they, they got beat by an NFL team named Miami, the Miami Hurricanes. So we talk about opportunity, and that's what it is for Nebraska, a chance to make a statement, a chance to bounce back. So Matt Rule's looking at this thing from 30,000 feet. He sees it as a chance to just get better. Uh, as it's week two. We'll have some comments from the football media availability here in a moment from, from both coordinators. But no, that's how I see it. It'd be a chance to get some payback for Nebraska fans. Now, there's always been 1992, Nebraska dismantled Colorado on, on Halloween. There was all those close wins, Elijah, that Nebraska had for a lot of the decade. They'd ripped Colorado's heart out until 2001. And then... You have this moment where Colorado's never been higher or hotter nationally. It's been forever. You got to go back 30-plus years. It would be just typical Nebraska to break Colorado's heart. As many 2001 memories as there are for Colorado, and they keep selling hats and they keep talking about it, this would be not as big, but it would be it would be a nice bleep sandwich for Nebraska to give Colorado uh, right when they're the, the national darling in college football early in this 2023 season. Well, and you talk about the opportunity. Nebraska also has the opportunity to make a whole bunch of money for Vegas. For Vegas. <laughs> Something's fishy about this, Schmitty, okay? This, this game, from what we're hearing from the sports books, is shaping up. It's got the potential to be one of the most bet regular season college football games of all time. It's also going to be one of the most expensive games. Yes. Because of, of what it's going to cost to get in the door in Folsom. Get in price is crazy. The amount of action we're seeing on Vegas in this game is crazy. One of the sports books says they have more action on the Colorado game than any NFL game this weekend. Any of the 32. And according to DraftKings Sportsbook, I got the sources out, 
in their sports books, 94% of the bets are on Colorado with 93% of the money on Colorado. That's to cover a three-point spread. That's throwing money line out the window. 93% of the money so far this week is on Colorado minus three. If I know anything about Vegas, I know there's a reason the casinos out there are so big. Vegas is good at making money. And usually what Vegas does is they try to even out the money. You know what? We're going to get 50% one way. Give me the VIG. 50% the other way. 10%. Because, yes, they take the 10% every single time. If it's 50% of the money either way, they're going to get 10%. Vegas this time is not adjusting the line as you'd expect. Maybe we'll have to talk about this with Danny Burke tomorrow because he's more ingrained with, with how Vegas works and how this operation works. But to me, something is fishy about the way that Vegas is continuing to take money for Colorado and the line is not being adjusted. All, I'm not saying that Vegas can't FPI be FPI gives Nebraska a 60% chance to win. They do. And Vegas, what I know about them is there's a reason the casinos are paid for, are paid for and, and are so large. <laughs> and I know that with 93% of the money on Colorado, they're not making much money if Colorado covers a three-point line. They're not making any money. They're losing a lot of money. Hmm? And I know Vegas doesn't tend to lose a lot of money very often. I'm not saying Nebraska's going to go win this football game, but there's, there's got to be something going on behind the scenes there that Vegas knows that maybe the general public doesn't know. Maybe they're just trying to capitalize on the fact that they think that the, the hype around Colorado is too large right now and there's just more value in the Nebraska side of things. I don't know. But that is very, very suspicious to me, the fact that 93% of the money's on Colorado and the line's barely moved since the beginning of the week. It's jumped from 3.5 down to 3 and then back up to 3.5. It is interesting, and the thing that's difficult for Nebraska right now is is marrying that past and then the present. The past and the rivalry talk and the, the, the glory part of the Nebraska-Colorado history was just that. Hard-fought games, dislike, bordered on hatred, depending it is hatred for some, and, and then... Nine times out of ten, eight times out of ten, Nebraska would win. They beat some darn good Colorado teams. There's a couple of stingers in there by Colorado towards Nebraska, the one being 20 or 2001. And and now you fast forward to the present and this two programs, uh, one that was good 30 years ago, one that was good, really good, Bama good 20 years ago, and they both haven't sniffed it forever. Now, you have one appearance for Colorado in the conference title game. I think that was almost seven years ago. You've had Nebraska up until right around 2015, 2016. We'll, we'll make it more cement in, say, 2017 uh, when things really went kind of nosedive for Nebraska. So, listen, Colorado's feeling good. They're ranked. Nebraska's trying to even their record, but above all, build towards being a competent football team. Some comments from a guy that's going to be front and center on Saturday is Jeff Sims, as he had uh, time with the media just about five minutes ago. And quoting Sims, the biggest thing that frustrates me is that I didn't come through when my team needed me. Obviously, I had the two interceptions in the first half, uh, go to look through that past stuff. Uh, you got to look through that past stuff. You, you got to come through when your team needs you, and that's something I didn't do. That is stuck with me. How does he respond? How does he come back for Nebraska? Twelve years, Elijah. You threw this stat at me. 
Last time Nebraska won on the road ranked. And they, uh, last time they went on the road and beat a ranked team, and it was a tumultuous week. If you go back into history, it was a Jerry Sandusky scandal when Nebraska had to go to Penn State. They did. They won. Thank you, Levante David, if you're a Nebraska fan. Momentum, though, has been evasive for Nebraska. And they had a chance to grab it. They got a chance to grab it. They got a chance to get to one and one. They got a chance to uh, to, get, to to come out, to come home for the uh, home opener for Matt Rule. If they go zero and two, how do they go zero and two? How does it look? Because it, it looked similar to some of the past losses for Nebraska in the last and uh, past uh, coaching era. So. There's so much on the table here. And, it, and again, it's just football, right? Make it about football is what Matt Rule said. And it's not just the team that has the opportunity to, to change some history. One of the big talking points that we discussed over Matt Rule's first hired, Schmidt, a lot of people in the comment section, well, Matt Rule's only 2-15 and 15 against the AP Top 25. And we had to dive into it. A lot of that was during a rebuild at Temple, during a rebuild at Baylor. And you can't ignore the fact that, yeah, Matt Rule hasn't had a lot of success against the AP Top 25, but this isn't just history with Nebraska that that you have an opportunity to come back and change. It's an opportunity for Matt Rule, too, to say, hey, you know what? what? What the fans said about me whenever I got hired was that I wasn't good against the AP Top 25. You have another opportunity right here in front of you. Not, not only is this a, a chance for a team to to change what the last four years has been for them, what, what the, the university, the football team has been for the past decade or so. I mean, you have to go back the, the last went over an AP top 25 team in general, home or away, was was it Miami in 2016? No, it was Oregon. Oregon. Oregon in 2016. Excuse me. I had to go, uh, I had to go back further for the, uh, the Miami game. But uh, the Oregon game in 2016 was the last time this football team as a whole won against an AP top 25 team. Matt Rule's record isn't great against the AP top 25. Both of these, these, these sides to the equation, both Matt Rule and the Husker football team, it's going to take a, a serious effort to change some of those things. There's a reason Nebraska and Matt Rule haven't been great against the AP Top 25, but the opportunity awaits you. Vegas says it's going to be close. Matt Rule has said, I want this football team to be a team that whenever you're in a, a tight game in the fourth quarter, you make more winning plays. They didn't get to show that against Minnesota. Something tells me you're going to have another chance to do that against Colorado. Can Nebraska go out and make the winning plays that they need to make in order to flip the script on a couple of, of big stats? We head to Boulder uh, this weekend as it's Nebraska-Colorado. We are at the Big Red of the Rockies tomorrow in Estes Park, 3-5 to five Mountain Time. When you see you there, uh, we are at the uh, Coloradoans for Nebraska, Gary Michaels event Friday, and then at the Blur Parties Saturday pregame and postgame. So swing on by if you're headed on out to Boulder. Big thanks to uh, Sauter Heyman. Big thanks to Lazari's Pizza for helping power the road trip. Brando's Sports World chimes in. Schmidt Elijah, I bet Colorado. So if they win, I win money. But if the Huskers win, my heart will still be full. And I won't care about the money. The old love, emotional hedge bet. <laughs> yes, I love the show as always, guys. Brando, thank you for chiming in. Uh, that was the the Joe Papa, Steve Schmidt special. Was the Oklahoma, Nebraska bet, where you'd probably put five dimes on the Sooners, and if Nebraska won or covered, it was okay. <laughs> it was all right. And uh, if if Oklahoma won and there was no cover. Well, hide the Jack Daniels. Kidding, sort of. But yeah, the emotional hedge bet. That is a staple of Husker Nation. And it's all right. You go with your heart, you go with your head, 
then does it work out both ways? I've not laid a bet since 2015. And I put a bet down when I try and did my own special formula uh, for the Nebraska-BYU game. And I'm like, okay, Nebraska's got a bunch of guys suspended. BYU's got 48-year-olds playing football. Let me go with BYU to, to, uh, to, to win this thing, but, but Nebraska to cover. And it worked out. It's great. I was able to take mom to dinner. <laughs> I don't bet that often, though. And um, so away we go. We'll, uh, Are get you going to bet on this one? I don't think so. I, I, I don't know yet. Probably not. We might, we, might, we might think about it. I don't know. As we started the week on a holiday Monday, I was like, man, I don't know how they're going to do. And the more you think about it, hey, four quarters. The more I think there's something weird minutes. about that Vegas line. Absolutely weird. weird. We'll get some sanity next with Mike Babcock, Mr. Husker Football with Hale Varsity. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. And now, and now back to Hale Varsity Radio. Plenty of emails to get to. We got to call Matthew down. He said, I did something to land in Texter Jail. They won't read my texts anymore. Matthew, we're trying to get through everybody's, my man. Thank you so much for listening. We'll uh, get to more comments. Some gambling folks on the stream as well. We welcome in Mike Babcock. Historian, author, Hale Varsity, Adam D. Babs on Twitter. He is rocking the Grateful Dead lid. Babbers, it's almost Boulder time. How are we doing? I'm doing okay. I uh, find it interesting that the discussion earlier about the Las Vegas line and and where the money's going. That that uh, confuses me a little bit. A little bit. It would be a little bit different. It is just kind of fascinating, to be honest. And you have... Uh, the reality here that Nebraska, I mean, I think that's it's an, almost a 12-point swing completely the other way, yet FPI says Nebraska is a 6 out of 10 favorite or percentages through the simulations they've run to win. So let's dive into Saturday for a little bit, Mike. What do you like about Nebraska? What scares you about Nebraska? Well, you know, I... One thing I think in, in evaluating or looking at this game is is the way the Big Ten plays compared to the way other conferences play, and that, you know that's that's one thing. It, it's difficult to to uh, assess this game from that standpoint. You know, it's two really different styles of play, and uh, you know I think that that probably is a positive. Um, Nebraska, you know, a Big Ten style football. Um, you don't uh, you don't run as many plays. You're trying to run the ball more than than what Colorado does. Um, you know, Nebraska. I, I thought, and I know that uh, Prime would disagree with me here, but I think that the culture that Nebraska has established under Rule is an important thing. Um, because of how you absorb a loss 
and how you come back from that loss. I think this team uh, is a one game at a time uh, approach. And I think that's a positive. Uh, on the other side, I think that uh, Colorado's game against TCU was pretty remarkable when you look at the passing success that the that the Buffaloes had. Um, Shadur, you, need, you look at all the awards this week, all of them go to the Colorado. You know, the Doak Walker uh, Weekly Award, the Davey O'Brien Weekly Award, the Bronco Nagurski Weekly Award, all these it seems like all these awards are going to Colorado um, because of the play of, of uh, uh, the quarterback, uh, you know, a guy that can play both on offense and defense as many plays. That, that was a little confusing. I don't know how many plays exactly he, he, he was on the field. You can go online and find a, anywhere from uh, 129 to 145. Uh, plays that he was on the field, and then you've got a running back that uh, caught five passes, three of them for touchdowns. I think he had 135 yards receiving. Um, that's probably something that is of concern to you, that uh, the success that they had. It's Mike Babcock with us here on Hale Varsity Radio. And, and Mike, the, the success could be seen as a good thing for Colorado, or you could worry about the egos getting a little bit high. And one of the talking points this past week from the Colorado perspective, at least, has been, is this rivalry still personal? Is there a reason for you guys to, to give full effort against Nebraska on Saturday? Coach Prime said, yes, very much so. This is personal to me. Jimmy Horn, a junior, was asked if he had a reason to hate Nebraska today. He said, no, but I still hate them. And I want to get your take, Mike. Is this being personal? Is that important to, uh, to, to either side, the, 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 the history of this rivalry and making it personal? Or, or do you think that, that, that cooler heads, the, the business side of things will, will prevail in this matchup. Well, what do you think is more important in a, in a, a rivalry game of old? Uh, you know, I think that you just, it has to, you have to focus on the game and not the personal aspect of it. Um, and, and because the tradition that we're talking about is not something that most of these players, hardly any of these players know, know much about. I mean, to be realistic about it. Do they care? Um, yeah. <laughs> I mean, it just, um, you know, you mentioned the 2001 game, which, which, uh, you know, I don't, I don't care to talk about that, but I, you know, I really think that that kind of indicated that where Nebraska sort of fell off the, off the mountain there, uh, uh, things kind of went downhill after that in general from, from a national standpoint. But, you know, I, I just don't think that it, the media and social media, you know, we, bring it up we underscore it we write about it we talk about it um the tradition the rivalry or whatever but for the players you know i it's just what they hear and so i think they have you know when you're asked about it you have to have an answer and you want to act like you oh yeah you know i know something about it but whatever um i I just don't think it's going to have that much of an impact on it uh on the game because again the players are the ones that uh, uh, it would affect and and they really don't have much sense of it other than what people tell them and what they see on social media mike let's talk jeff sims and what a good game looks like for him saturday uh, one of the storylines is his response 
Yeah, uh, obviously interceptions can't have those. Um, his ability to run the ball could be a big factor in the game, I think, um, because I, you know, I'm not sure this Colorado defense is going to stand up to a consistent running game, especially with a quarterback that can run the way he can. And uh, and so I think that's the that's the thing on the positive side. He's shown that he can run the ball, that he's a threat. That's a concern for a defense, obviously. How you prepare for that. On the other side, you got to cut down. You can't have the interceptions. You know that's that's going to kill you. So um, I think there's positive things. There's negative things coming out of that game. But again, you said I think he's. I think from what we've heard, what we've seen. Uh, he seems to have the right attitude, the right focus uh, coming out of the game, and, and uh, he's set to lead the Huskers uh, in, in that game. It's Mike Babcock with us here on Hale Varsity Radio. And, Mike, as we're talking Jeff Sims here, what do you think is going to be more important for this Husker offense on, on Saturday? Is it going to be Jeff Sims' ability to take care of the football, or is it going to be just how dangerous he is with his legs? Because we saw the danger with his legs against Minnesota. That's what kept Nebraska's offense in that game for the vast majority of it, but then it was the turnovers that really let or forced the game to slip away from the Husker point of view. So if Jeff Sims is able to run for 200 yards, but he throws three picks, or he only runs for 20 yards, but doesn't throw any picks, well, which side of that coin do you think the Husker offense would, would rather be on? Um, I think that you don't want the interceptions. I don't think that you want the mistakes, the turnovers, whatever, because that uh, in itself cuts down on your opportunities uh, for other guys to, to get, the, get the job done. I would take cutting down on the opportunities, um, uh, not not turning the ball over, I think is the most important thing, taking care of the ball. Because you've got other guys back there that can, you know, that's one of the things that I hope that we see a little bit more of with Nebraska is that somebody else, that Gabe Irvin Jr. can find some holes and can, can run the ball, um, that you get some success out of other people running the ball it doesn't have to be the quarterback that does that. Well, yeah, what kind of kind of help can you get from the offensive line and the running back run game? Mike, I'm interested to get your take on Saturday's significance. It's it's a non-conference game. It's a chance for Nebraska to go one and one that that may help kind of calm some of the sky is falling. Oh no, right? Nebraska fans through the tough starts for a few years back and that's not Matt Rule's fault but it's kind of his reality now and the opportunity we we opened up the show talking about how the world's on coach Prime's bandwagon it's not that they're hating on Nebraska but Nebraska is still a, a touch of an afterthought uh, just because of, of how they lost again it's it's the same talking point well Nebraska lost a close game all that's fixable for Nebraska with the things you touched on but so say Nebraska it at 2.30 Central Time has a, a win on Saturday. What's that mean moving forward? Well, um, you know, I, I said that they needed to, needed to beat Minnesota in order to have a realistic shot of winning six games, getting to a bowl game. That's fair. That, that didn't happen. Um, now we're to Colorado. I think they need to win the Colorado game in, in order to have the opportunity to win six games. But – I'm just looking ahead, and, and the way I think you have to approach this season, as with any season, is it's one game at a time. So, you know, you can't evaluate Matt Rule, the Matt Rule era, based on one game, Minnesota, although there were a lot of people that said, it's like, here we go again, new coach, same result. 
Um, you can't. That's not enough. Two games isn't enough, really, but you focus on the Colorado game. And then you worry about the next game after the Colorado game is done. I think it's important from my standpoint, because I can look ahead, I think it's important that they win this game in order to have what I consider a realistic chance to get to six wins and a bowl game. But it's a process. And, you know, as Matt Rule showed at Temple, as he showed at Baylor, um, his, his first seasons at those places didn't pan out, but people stayed with him and look what he did. And, you know, that's the thing that I, that I want to look at is look at it as a whole. We'll see how to evaluate this season after the season comes to an end. We can look back and evaluate it. But right now it's one game at a time. And the focus is Colorado. Can you beat Colorado? Mike, last thought here, about 60 seconds left. How important do you think it is with the national audience that's going to be watching Nebraska? They, they got over 7 million last week against TCU, Colorado did. You expect that number to grow even more this week. And uh, Cutter in the comments has called this the most significant Nebraska game he can remember kind of because of that reason with, with the nation's eyes on Nebraska. How much of a factor is that to you in the importance of this game? Oh, uh, I think it'll be the attention on it will be huge. Um, because it's the first home game and because of the, uh, you know, the aftermath of what Colorado did in that first game. That was a spectacular performance by Colorado, but that it doesn't define the season either. It's one game. Let's see what happens. But, yeah, uh, with uh, Sanders' first game in, at home in Boulder, I, I mean, the, the media must – crushed the press box. They probably could have doubled the size of the press box and still not had enough room for everybody that wanted to be there from a media standpoint. So, yeah, I think it'll be a big thing. But I think that Nebraska, under Rule, I think Rule has the focus. It'll be this game, and then you move on to the next one. Good stuff. Mike Babcock with Hale Varsity at MD Babs on Twitter. Mike, will uh, check in down the road. Thank you so much for your time today. Thanks for having me, guys. Appreciate you. Can chime in 489-1240 or Chris at HaleVarsity.com. And now. And now back to Hale Varsity Radio. Hey, open phones here till five, and then we'll hear from Evan Bland. Jason Peter, next hour. He'll chime in on Nebraska, Colorado, 489-1240. Get worry about your, dare I say, safety going to Colorado. Some emails to get into. We'll get to the stream comments as well. Uh, check us out on the Hale Varsity YouTube channel. Uh, follow along there. Watch the show there, the Hale Varsity Radio Twitter feed, and also streaming on different uh, platforms. You can watch or listen to the show. Our old boy Todd chimes in. Our biggest games with the Buffs back in the day were conference games, which mattered more now. It doesn't. Uh, it doesn't. Let me just, Todd, God love you for putting your, your comments in email. I know I need to go to Hooked on Phonics again, but I need periods in the email, please. Our big games with buffs back in day were conference games, mm-hmm. which mattered more. Yes. Now it doesn't. We lose then, get Huskies, who by the way already have a Big Ten West Division win, unlike us. You're looking and scrolling mentally for who could they have beaten. I was following it for about the first two and, thirds. And, and before you repost me reading like that, 
just know the context of it before you set me up for how's this guy on the radio i know that's asked daily but <laughs> i'm just todd thanks for your input i know uh the buffs are important fear the uh, fear the husky totally get it uh this email in from jim hail vars chris at hail chris my oldest son is at unl a sophomore he and his roommate are wanting to go to Boulder and tailgate. As a lifelong Husker fan and parent who graduated UNL in 1995, who had many friends, both students and as adults, go to Boulder and literally be assaulted and their cars trashed. I'm really not okay with him going. I've tried explaining that this is another world compared to the most, than most any other fan base. Heck, their student section was kicked out one year. Jay Moore talked about that, 2005. He and his friends are nice kids who have never been in trouble or a fight, for that matter, in their lives. I would like your and Elijah's take on this because at this point, I feel like I'm just an overprotective dad. Jim and Lincoln. Jim, thanks for the email. Uh, the title of this, Fan Safety and Boulder. Wear a hard hat. Okay, I had friends. Wear, wear, wear a hard hat. Find, you can buy them. You can get the old construction hat, but it's painted like a Nebraska helmet. And wear that. Show up with it. And to be honest with you, and I had a family member that went to Colorado. And he got hit over the head by a bottle of Jack Daniels. And he, he was a Colorado fan. He was a Colorado fan. But he got clubbed by... Colorado State fan at Mile High, the old tear gas bowl, if you remember back 20-some years, where the authorities had to release tear gas into the stands because Ram fan and Buff fan were throwing down. So go, enjoy, and keep your head on a swivel. And and the, the type of juice the Buffs have going right now feeds into their fan base and there's some really cool and nice colorado fans you probably just haven't met them mm-hmm. right i mean because you can't paint every fan base as that guy or that gal you can paint a lot of them based on your experiences with colorado firsthand I've been out to boulder tons of times it's always the game you went to either what to, to get away from the in-laws true story not for me <laughs> but uh we had family members that would join us in Colorado to get away from in-laws during Thanksgiving. So go out there, be safe, and what are you looking for? You looking for good football and a good time? Hey, like I say, go to Blur. See us at Blur. That's a well, safe environment. Well, that's what I was just going to say. There's safety in numbers as a Husker and, fan. And to be if, honest, if you go I, hang out at Blur parties – and you get in the, the procession of people that are going to be going down to the stadium. There's going to be safety in numbers as Husker fans. It's whenever you get the one or two people that find themselves in a sea do you of go, buff Do fans. you go find a, a, a bar spot in a Boulder bar after a Nebraska upset win? And do you expect to not get any crap? That's asking a lot. Say Nebraska gets beat. And you go sit in a, in a, in a bar in Boulder and expect to not get any crap. It's a lot to expect. So we're telling you where to go to be safe. Safety <laughs> and, and numbers. Listen, Stick and, with and other I, and I don't want to put a panic out there. Who knows? Well, I had friends go in 2019 
they had no issues with any Colorado no, fans. Colorado but didn't expect to win. In 2019, it was a very different mood in Boulder than it is now. And I can't tell you and, what the mood in Boulder is going to be on flips, Saturday. It flipped that, that game in 2019, the way they came back and won in overtime. It, it all of a sudden, liquid courage kicked in for Buff fan, and they were all sorts of mouthy and rowdy towards Nebraska fans who took over. They were outnumbered, so they had to kind of pick their spots. But it was, it was all red there in Boulder. I don't know how red it will be in Colorado Saturday. It'll be quite a bit red, but it's not going to be anything close to 2019 Boulder. It's not going to be anything close to South Bend 2000. Mm. Just because kickoff time and folks don't want to go put up with it out there. That's a reality. And now that they're 1-0 and ranked, they think they're something. And the bandwagon fan in Boulder, the student, which they think they've arrived in college football and they're going to be probably running their mouth. So get earmuffs is my suggestion or drink with Nebraskans. Win or lose, you'll still booze. Isn't that a T-shirt or a bumper sticker? Josh chimes in here on the stream. I've experienced going into the game with CU students by accident, went to the wrong gate. Just a brutal experience. Nothing but students with dad lawyers that drive Range Rovers. <laughs> Bad entitlement combo. <laughs> the, the, the trust fund kid, right? That's fair. And hopefully you, you have one that's traveling with you from Lincoln or Omaha or Cardi or Hastings or Columbus. Then you can send your trust fund dad's buddy that's an attorney against the buff trust fund Dad, that's an attorney. That way, it can be settled out of court. <laughs> Do you worry about that? About you and I are going to be removed from it as far as during the game. But I can't wait to hear fan accounts. Oh, I, I Do, th- do we have a, a listener that's had a positive experience in Boulder? That's the question. Because everyone's got the horror stories. Tires slashed. Windshield crowbarred up, sucker punched, throwing a, a urine bomb, dropped on you like it's a 50-yard bomb down the sideline, nickels packed in snowballs, yellow snowballs being hurled at you. It's happened. I'm sure it's happened. And again, I had three guys in overalls from Nebraska sitting around me and they took care of everybody in 97. Well, if it comes down to it, are, are you prepared to throw down with me? Not like with me, but like, sh- should somebody try to have a problem with us? Are you prepared no, to throw no, down? Or? No one's going to mess with okay, us. Okay, so I'll practice my de-escalation skills. No, that, just, that was the question. Do I I'm practice gonna, de-escalation or do I practice escalation? We're, <laughs> we're fine. I mean, I'm not I'm going there to cover it, talk about it, enjoy it. It's work. I'm going to stop a CU Air quote, before. work. Oh, yeah, you're going to tell the CU, hey, I'm here for work. I'm not here for any problems. That's They're gonna not going to come up to me. I'm not going to be wearing a red wig. Well, I'm still going to have a Nebraska license plate. Sure, but it's covered by that Denver Bronco fandom. We'll see if that does it. You're safe. My- Park miles away. Okay. Uh, or just be happy at the Big Red of the Rockies. There tomorrow, 4 to 6, and Estes Hale Varsity continues. Hale Varsity Radio is live. Now, back to Schmitty. Schmitty's a great guy, but he don't have a brain. And Elijah. You want me to speak? When I point you, yeah. On Hale Varsity Radio. Back with you, Hale Varsity, presented by Currency. For all your equipment financing needs, go Currency. Chris Schmidt, Elijah Herbal. And uh, we'll check in with Evan Bland. Jason Peter, about a half hour away 
get the uh, Blackshirt Legends take on Colorado, Nebraska. Maybe he has an experience in Boulder to share a little bit later. 489-1240. A reminder to get buckled up. One of every three fatal crashes in Nebraska involves an alcohol-impaired driver. Why take chances? If you drink, don't drive. A message from the Nebraska Department of Highway Safety Office. Estes Park tomorrow, 4 to 6 Central, 3 to 5. Big Red of the Rockies. We're there and want to see you there if you're making your way to the uh, the Rocky Mountains and uh, queue up your Dumb and Dumber reference as we drive westward. That'd be a lot more rockier than this. You had a good chuckle off air. Are you screening like it's fourth and nine, or what are we doing? No, Roseanne didn't want to go on the air, but she did want to relay her her Boulder story. Okay. where uh, this You was- can type them in, the, the Hale Varsity YouTube channel or chris at hailvarsity.com. And she said... Uh, Huskers were, were doing well. I can't remember what year she said this was, so I, I apologize, Dan. But the, the Huskers were doing well, and, and she and some of her friends are sitting in a little group uh, next to the Colorado band. And she said at one point in the game, while they're all hooping and hollering and, and celebrating Nebraska, the band director turns around and flips off all the Husker fans. Even <laughs> if, even the there. band director, huh? Even, even Getting the, into it. And then uh, shortly after that, uh, she went down to the, to the bathroom, decked out in red. And uh, another woman decked out in red says, oh, you, you don't want to go in there. They're brawling in there right now in the they're women's fighting. restroom. <laughs> there's, a, there's a women's fight in the women's restroom. Was it similar to that country music show that was last weekend? That I saw that, that the porta potty fights? Yeah, where some gal opens the porta party and rips some gal out by her hair. See, and then three or four gals stand and get their shots in. And then here comes somebody that got tagged in late, like it's the Royal Rumble. And then it's on. There's eight women fighting in a porty po- porta potty, all wearing incredible cowboy boots. It's, uh, it's stories like that that make me miss Mike Leach, because I would have loved to get Coach Leach's take on the porta potty fight. Well, Pirate would have been like, well, you see her technique here. (laughs) (laughs) You you always got to go for the throat, is what Pirate would have said. Absolutely. So we were talking about, you know, a win Saturday for Nebraska. And Tim chimes in, says uh, we need to win to gain, to regain respect. Colorado is at the start of that process. And that's just it. There's, There's that. It's like it's a black and tan. If you have had one, you know it. It's wonderful. And there's that mixture of surprise, wow, and wow, they might be pretty good. And that's a real nice surprise. Let's jump on something that's trendy and elevating, and that's Colorado this week. And we go back to Vegas like we started hour one. It's fishy. Vic from Denver says so. He believes it. Elijah, you're probably not sure where to go wager-wise. I know what I'm going to do before I leave town. Have you changed? Are you going to wager? All right, I'm going I'm to head that way afterwards. Junior may not be going to college. It's <laughs> <laughs> not important. He can fund his own way. Son, get a loan. Dad did, <laughs> sort of. Well, uh, Evan Bland will be with us uh, coming up next hour. Uh, also, uh, Dave has some numbers to get into. He chimes in on the stream. Jason Peter coming up next hour. Hail Varsity continues. The voice of Husker Nation is on the air. This is Hail Varsity Radio. Insight, opinion, expertise, along with the biggest names talking Nebraska sports. 
Join in with the show at 402-489-1240 or 1-800-825-5865. Now, here are your hosts, Chris Schmidt and Elijah Herbal. Back to you, Tower 2 at Tail Varsity Radio. We're presented by Currency. For all your equipment financing needs, go Currency. Chris Schmidt, Elijah Herbal. Evan Bland with us, and we're going to do some work here with Evan, talking Nebraska, the, the uh, post-practice session with the coordinators, and uh, also uh, Jeff Sims. But, Evan, we, we've got some input from the listeners' email and, and on the stream when it comes to if they've – ever really had a positive positive experience in boulder before you put your media hat on evan did you ever go out to boulder uh, as a nebraska guy i did i went out to the restore the order game back in uh in 05 Uh and and yeah i was a student actually at nebraska at that time and uh the huskers were big underdogs and they win that thing 30 to three. And yeah, I mean, the, you know, the, the players were wearing the restore the order shirts beforehand and uh, everyone kind of expected either a blowout or a close game, but not a lopsided Nebraska win. And that was one of those big moments in the Bill Callahan era. That's always the one that comes to mind for me. Well, that one was, and you've, you've got the unison uh, attempted uh, recycling where Every waddle bottle or bottle or makeshift bong was was thrown onto the sideline, and uh, away you went. <laughs> After the third quarter, the student section got totally ejected. Yep. I was in the stands with uh, with my dad, my brother, cousin Dino. Yeah, I remember that. Yeah, I mean that's almost twenty years ago. It's crazy. Yeah, that's that is crazy. And and you know, I went uh, when I was in college with the student paper in '07. You know when they they lost a big uh, you know high scoring game there as well. I, I, what I'll say honestly, like the Colorado fans certainly have earned their reputation. My personally, I never had any bad experiences with a color with a Colorado fan. For me, it was the Missouri fans that were boorish when they when Nebraska went there, and I, I would travel out there a couple of different times. Like it was just was not a great experience, and maybe it's because those games were at night mm-hmm. and the Colorado games were not. I don't know, but uh, just personally, I would put Missouri fan, uh, you know, at the top of that list of places I wouldn't want to go. They abducted and tried to deflate Little Red, rumor has it. <laughs> you can't deflate Little Red. You just can't do it. If he gets That's a shiv to the ribs, you can. Mm. <laughs> mm, that's one way to deflate them, huh? They, they tried. Well, Evan, you, before we uh, before we switch gears here, I want to get your thoughts on just what the environment will be like this year in Boulder. We had the sea of red in 2019 come and invade, and with the amount of hype in Boulder this year, I'm not sure it's going to look just like that. But but what do you think that environment is going to be like? How many Husker fans make the trip, and what's the the danger level from Husker fans with it being a while since there's been a, a game of this magnitude between Nebraska and Colorado and Boulder? Do you think the fans are going to go back to their old nasty ways? Do you think this one might be a little more civil? Yeah, I mean it's hard to say. Like you know, Nebraska had their encounter with Colorado in 18 and 19, and I don't. I don't know that that was particularly well received. I mean, obviously the the Adrian Martinez uh, knee twist in '18 really reignited some hate, and then you've got uh, that 2019 game, which was a really bizarre finish. The way that it ended in overtime, and and I'll never forget, uh, you know, the the Nebraska section, the visitor section at Folsom Field. Uh, I mean, fans were just stunned, and these fans that were on the field, Colorado fans. 
uh, you know, we're, we're, we're really rubbing it in, in, in ways that were maybe not, you know, super family friendly. And so like, <laughs> I, I think it does sort of, um, you know, arouse some old feelings in a lot of, a lot of fans of a certain age for sure. And, you know, uh, it, it does seem like maybe the players on both sides are sort of getting into it this week too. I mean, Shadur Sanders at Colorado was saying, yeah, we don't, we don't like Nebraska and you've got Omar Brown, uh, you know, the Husker safety saying, you know, this is the game. This is kind of the one that they've been circling. So, you know, the, the, the Big 12, Big 8 days are in the past. There are a lot of great stories at this point. Uh, the, most of the participants on either side know about this rivalry through, uh, you know, history books or anecdotes or things like that. Um, but, you know, to, to the fan base, it absolutely does mean something. And that 2019 game, uh, the moment that I always remember from that game was, the Maurice Washington 80-yard touchdown run after a catch and just the roar in that stadium that did feel like it was more Husker fans than Buffalo fans uh it just it was it was something that has kind of stuck with me and so you you kind of combine the passion of that fan base that I think will be back with the excitement that coach prime has generated on the other side and it's really going to make for an interesting spectacle even though it's a 10 a.m. local time kick so two emails Evan, then I want your response on one from from Jay Bird. Uh, Jay got connected with John Elway in 1995, I believe. So Elway got him onto the sidelines. Elway didn't let him buy a drink all day. Uh, And you had um, uh, a lot more stories Jaybird can get into, but there was a fight that the police broke up, started cuffing people. They put him down head first into the snow until they could haul him away. <laughs> <laughs> it's like they're keeping their coors cold or something. <laughs> so yeah. the Elway part was was remarkable from Jay. That's that's a great story. I mean, and I'm a I'm actually a Broncos fan too. So it's it's that's that's cool to see that that's the case. And you know, back then, I don't think Colorado does this anymore. But in the press box, they would hand out cores to writers after the game. Uh, they'd have their SID would come down with like a you know 24 pack of whatever, and they'd hand it out. And you know, game stories uh, flowed just a little bit quicker back then. So it's a uh, it's a unique place. For sure, I know the, the 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 stands, the press box, the sidelines—they're all going to be rocking this week. Not just with both fan bases too, but you know, as, as we all know, like this has got national attention with with what Deion Sanders has been doing with the rivalry. Um, a lot of eyes are going to be on this thing, and so who knows? Maybe we'll see some other um, you know stories turn into legend. Similar to uh, you know the one that Jaybird just shared. What's the story going to be, Jeff Sims, come three o'clock Central Time Saturday? Well, I mean, he spoke today <clears throat> to uh, to reporters for about five minutes, and this was he seemed like a guy who was locked in and wasn't really interested in dwelling on what had happened. I think he had put those three picks against Minnesota behind him. He did his film study and. Uh, you know, has, has gotten the advice that he's been looking for from coaches. And so, you know, you would think that uh, he'll find a way to, to bounce back. I think Colorado's defense, the challenge there is different from Minnesota's defense. Uh, they're going to take some more chances. They, um, you know, one of their better safeties is out, Miles Slusher. Nebraska mm-hmm. fans may remember him from uh, as a former uh, recruiting target. 
but it, it seems like this is a week where he can, um, you know, maybe make some hay as a runner. I mean, you saw what TCU did against Colorado defensively. They averaged seven yards a pop just carrying the football. So I would think Jeff Sims, if nothing else, you'll see him make some plays with his legs. And uh, for Nebraska's sake, you would think uh, this is this is a week – Man, where you got to run that ball 40, 45, 50 times, lean on your running backs, and uh, maybe shorten this game and pound that defensive line for Colorado that really has not proven itself just yet. Evan, fill in the blank here. Maybe we're, we're too far out from this, but I want to get your thoughts. Nebraska wins the game if dot, dot, dot. Well, I mean, beyond sort of the obvious, which would be turnovers and, and, and things like that, I, I think the path to Nebraska winning the game is pounding the ball at Colorado. Like, again, TCU, in my opinion, got caught up in sort of a seven-on-seven competition in the second half when they had a path to move in the ball, and they, they kind of went away from that. And Colorado's skilled players are too good for you to get caught up in doing something like that. And, and, and clearly that's the case, I think, with Nebraska, with its injuries at receiver and a lot of unproven talent that they have there. Like, this is a week you, you got to lean on that O-line against a team that has not stopped the run. So I think if Nebraska runs the ball, you know, 45, 50 times, uh, you spread that wealth between Gabe Irvin and Anthony Grant, Ramir Johnson, Jeff Sims, I think that's how you win the game for if you're Nebraska. You shorten things, you, you give Colorado fewer possessions, and you attack what's been a weakness for them. Evan Bland with us from the Omaha World Herald. He's going to be out in Boulder. Uh, we head that way tomorrow at Evan Bland OWH on Twitter is where you follow Evan. You read him, Omaha.com. So, Evan, we've, we've kind of hit on story time. We've hit on a couple of the keys slash storylines. So let's talk uh, big picture here. I know Matt Rule talked about being an incrementalist, but this is really a, a fabulous opportunity, isn't it, for Nebraska not only to, to even the record and, and get some momentum, but also take some momentum away because, hey, Nebraska will get the spotlight that they've wanted to get back to put on them if they pull off this win this weekend. I mean, there's a bigger picture clearly for, for Nebraska and rule in year one. But short term, I mean, it would be the shot in the arm I think the fan base needs right now. Yeah, for sure. And, I mean, there's no doubt that going into this week, Nebraska is sort of the subplot of this game after what uh, Coach Prime and, and the Buffs did. Like, Nebraska can reinsert itself into the national attention and, and consciousness pretty quickly uh, if they're able to, to come out and do their thing. And, you know, the, there's there's the streak that everyone's aware of. It's uh, You've lost your last 21 games against ranked competition. Uh, you've lost. It's been more than a decade. 2011 at Penn State since they've won against a top 25 team on the road. So you can end a couple long streaks, um, and, and that's really like what Nebraska fans have been looking for for a while. Is like what? How about some signs of of progress or signs that this can be something different? And I think we saw that to a degree against Minnesota when you talk about uh, how they possess the ball a little bit better about some of the depth that they have on defense. Like you, you saw steps forward that they took. I think they. Uh, they competed at the line of scrimmage both ways, uh, you know, notably better and tougher than they have in the past. But there still has not been that signature win, that moment where, you know, you as a fan could say, yeah, where, where were you when Nebraska beat whomever? I mean, it, it's been seven years, 2016 against Oregon, since Nebraska can can really uh, claim one of those victories that, that 
that has left fans partying into the night. And so I think this is that opportunity, not just because they're ranked, but because, uh, again, of the rivalry, of who the head coach is on the other side, because uh, of the excitement that Matt Rule generated in the offseason. I think all that comes together. And if, if you win a game like that, you know, you look at, at college football history, like is, momentum can snowball, and, and you find that belief, and things can really take off from there. Uh, and if you don't, then it's a couple home weekends against you know a group of five opponents before Michigan comes to town, and it's sort of another few weeks of figuring out you know where's the development coming from or where's that next step coming from. So no doubt it's a really uh, big weekend for Nebraska. A lot of eyeballs are on this thing, and they can turn the perception of how things are going early in the Matt Rule era uh, with one positive outcome. Evan, does a, a loss against Colorado change your expectations for the year or, or change what a successful season would be in the remaining 10 games? Does that change at all if Nebraska can't get it done on Saturday? Uh, I, don't, I don't think so, but unless it's really ugly, um, you know, where, where things fall apart and then they fall back into mental mistakes and, and self-inflicted wounds and things like that. Like, you know, I, I think about uh, kind of what we talked about before where Matt Rule has said he doesn't really care how he starts, but how, how you finish in the fourth quarter. And I think that's true for the season at large, too. If you start, even if you start 0-2, uh, but you finish the back half of the season strong, and I think the schedule sets up that way where Nebraska could do that, and you go to a bowl game, then there's still going to be excitement. There's going to be momentum into the off season. There's going to be a sense of progression. So I don't think this is... Uh, an end-all, be-all sort of situation. But I do think, again, it's a huge opportunity early to build some excitement, build some momentum uh, as you head into you know the, the home portion of the schedule here coming up. Evan, about 90 seconds, uh, a thought from you uh, when we talk about that momentum and specifically uh, Nebraska mm-hmm. uh, and, and Satterfield. How did he seem? What's kind of the message he gave after practice? Uh, you know, he was, I think, pretty much how he's been uh, when we've chatted with him during fall camp. Uh, you know, and 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 he kind of laid it out a little bit, saying that you know this is a week where you are going to have to establish the run, where you, that offensive line is going to have to uh, hold up, and and where Jeff Sims and company are are going to be asked to you know move a pile occasionally and, and and generate those extra yards and chew up some clock. I think they understand, uh, you know, the, the idea of, of complementary football really feels like it comes into play this week where, again, you don't want to give Travis Hunter and Shadur Sanders and, uh, you know, Dylan Edwards and down the list, you don't want to give those guys 90 plays uh, with which to hurt you. So I think they understand the task at hand. I think uh, there's a, a steady belief that Jeff Sims can bounce back from a rough debut with those three interceptions. Um, and, and we'll just see, you know, again, the challenge for them has been to focus on football and to take their take the focus off all the other stuff, um, you know, Dion versus Matt Rule and the national attention and all that, and just play football. Uh, and it does feel like they've been able to do that to this point. We'll see how that translates on game day. Evan, we will see you Saturday. Thanks for a few minutes today, bud. Thanks, guys. There he is, Evan Bland with the Omaha World Herald. Good to spend time with him, get his perspective, and, of course, post-practice thoughts, maybe squeeze in a phone call. We're about five minutes away. Jason Peter will join us, black shirt legend, uh, get his take on how Nebraska has fared so far despite the 0-1. And, of course, uh, Nebraska-Colorado, a... uh, signature moment with a lot of Nebraska fans. More of your stories we'll get to 
with uh, your experiences in Boulder. Have you had a positive one? Well, Jaybird did, thanks to John Elway and Coors Original. Uh, there's some more emails that do say yes, there's been a great time in Boulder. It was after a win. Does that happen Saturday? We'll get Jason Peters' thoughts. Double Nickels next. Hail Varsity continues. And now. And now, back to Hail Varsity Radio. Back into it, it's Hale Varsity Radio, presented by Currency. Chris Schmidt, Elijah Herbal, it's Welcome International Champion and uh, Legendary Husker. We say hi to Jason Peter, at Jason Peter on Twitter is where you find him. JP, good to spend a few minutes. How are you? I'm good, buddy. How are you doing? We're good. Uh, it is Nebraska-Colorado week, a little bit earlier in the season, but we're kind of used to that. And uh, I wanted to touch base with you and, and get your thoughts on a few things, but first and foremost, this rivalry, what's it mean to you? Yeah, I mean, you know, there's a, there's a couple games on, on the schedule that, you know, you used to, to kind of circle uh, prior to the season starting, and Colorado was always one of them. I know there's the, the lifelong argument as to whether or not Colorado's a, a rival or not, and, you know, without question, uh, it's my belief, and I think most most players, if you ask, that it it is a rival. Um, you know, it's a different type of rival than, say, Oklahoma. Um, Colorado, it's fueled by hatred. Uh, that's pretty much the, the bottom line. Uh, there's not a, a ton of respect there between the two programs, um, which is, you know, the total opposite of, of the Nebraska-Oklahoma rivalry. But, uh, yeah, uh, anything that gets, you know, the blood boiling the way that that Colorado can, uh, you know, it usually indicates uh, you're headed towards a a rivalry. What was it that that ticked you and some of your teammates off about Colorado when it was game time? Was it their attitude? Was it their... Persona. I mean, what was it that? Yeah, I, I think you could do uh, you know all of the above kind <laughs> of. Uh, you know, it was uh, it was usually a, a roster that was filled with. Obviously, we didn't have the star system back then, but there were always you know four and five star kids. I mean, they had uh, pipeline back California. Uh, you know, they always had a, a lot of Cali kids on, on the, the roster and. And, and they had good players. I mean, there, there's no argument there. They, you know, some of the teams, I mean, the 94 Colorado team was basically like a who's who of college football. Great. So, you know, that, that was part of it, obviously, knowing that there was equal, if not better, talent on the other side of the ball. That kind of, you know, drove the, 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 the rivalry. Obviously, the closeness, I think, uh, you know, to just, you know, we're just a, a short drive away from uh, being in the in the Rocky Mountain State. And, uh, you know, just some of the things that they did. You always hear stories, and I know they kind of – there's a, a little uh, a cut-up coming out now of, of one of their coaches talking about, you know, not having any red on, I want any red in the building. And that was the old Bill McCartney deal where, you know, he, he didn't want – anything red in the supermarkets. He, he didn't want anyone wearing any sort of red clothing. Um, and that stuff, especially for us, you know, who, where we had been so dominant, 
you know, in the series, uh, it was it was comical, but it also kind of, you know, fueled the fire to, you know, we were sitting there thinking, geez, you know, we've never lost to these guys. They're acting like it, it's a coin toss, you know, like it's 50-50. You know, we've won 10, they've won 10 sort of deal. And uh, obviously that wasn't the, the, the case. Uh, but, uh, yeah, it was uh, – uh, they were kind of everything that we weren't. You know, like they were about showboating. They were about kind of, you know, the glitz, the glamour. And we were just kind of, you know, blue collar kids. We went to work every day. And and our our leader was by any means, you know, it wasn't flashy. Um, but, uh, yeah, you know, there were just a lot of elements, I think, that go into it when you're, you're, you're talking about uh, games that are, that are uh, you know, rivals. Jason Peters with us here at Hale Varsity Radio. And, Jason, it's funny you talk about the, the glitz and the glamour of Colorado and the, the blue-collar nature of Nebraska because as much as things change in college football, some things stay the same. And I think from the outside looking in, that is one of the stories of the game on Saturdays. Nebraska is a little bit more blue-collar in the Big Ten. And Dion, he, he's brought the Louie. He's brought the glitz and the glamour back to Boulder. And, and I want to get your thoughts on, on just this rivalry now in 2023, with that still being the case. We were discussing yesterday on the show – is Saturday going to be business or is Saturday going to be personal? And, and, and Dion said it himself yesterday that it's personal for him. And from you just now talking about Colorado, I, I think you took that rivalry personally too. And what do you want to see from Nebraska on Saturday? Do you want to see that, that business, the, the, the buttoned-up nature, a little more cool, calm, and collected? Or do you want Saturday to be personal? You, you know, it's always got to be business, you know, when you step out on the field. When you start making – emotional decisions and stuff based off of, you know, how much adrenaline you got pumping through you, you know, chances are things aren't going to work out the way that you want them to. Um, so, you know, a lot of that stuff is all, you know, the hype and, 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 you know, a lot of it's just pregame sort of banter and stuff like that. But, you know, once the ball is kicked, you got to get down to, to business and you got to execute and everybody's got a job to do. And you got to make sure that, you know, you take care of your job and your responsibility on each and every play. Um, so yeah, you know, it, it, it's all fun and games and, you know, it's personal for this and that, whatever reason, um, you know, he's never really, Dion knew about it. Obviously the time when he was in college, Nebraska was, uh, uh, you know, uh, one of the, the, the top tier teams and Colorado was certainly trying to get there. Um, but, you know, to be somebody that's gone through it, um, you know, I still think back to, you know, the trips we used to make out the Boulder and the way that you get treated. Um, you know, the people ask me about how the stadium is and I, I tell them we'll just sit in a chair and turn around and imagine that there was a chair right behind you. And that's the first row of seats right there. Um, that's how close they are, and they're right on top of you. So there are definitely conversations that can be had, and we used to try to ignore and, and avoid those conversations, at least when the game was in hand, uh, you know, at hand or, or until we had it at hand. Um, you know, you kind of have to keep that focus. But, you know, once we kind of would build the lead, then, uh, then some of those, you know, those guys that are yelling from the fifth and sixth row about how they kick your ass and this and that, then you can start to respond to them. But you got to make sure that business is taken care of first. Anybody try and take uh, you up on the uh, the threat as far as them lobbing those threats at you? 
Oh, yeah. I mean, uh, all the time. I mean, we went out there in 97, and I had a guy that was sitting three or four rows back, and he just did not stop. From the moment we went out there, he was just on me nonstop. And uh, he happened to be sitting there, I think, with his daughter, which probably not the best time to talk trash to somebody because <laughs> at some point in the game, once we kind of, you know, we, we, we felt comfortable with where we were, I, I turned around and I responded to one of his comments and it had to do, my response had to do with his daughter. So, so it, it, you know, it, it probably didn't go in his favor uh, to my defense. You know, everybody around that was sitting around after I said what I said, which is not repeatable on air, probably, um, everybody in the, the, the immediate area was like, oh, and then they all like looked at the guy and they were like, well, you started it. So, you know, kind of you, you got what was coming, you know, and I didn't let I didn't hold anything back with him. Let's just say that. Jason Peters with us here. Hail Varsity Radio, Nebraska, Colorado. Uh, the showdown in Boulder on Saturday, 10 a.m. Mountain Time. Uh, JP, just a thought on on Nebraska's defense, specifically up front, Ty Robinson, the polar bear, and also the other side of the ball uh, with Nebraska's run game. Are you confident Nebraska can make a jump from week one to week two? I know that's a talking point, uh, and teams get better. I thought the defense played well when we were watching them in Minneapolis last week. Yeah, I, I thought they tackled uh, really well, um, w- which obviously, you know, if you want to be a good defense, you got to be able to tackle. Um, I didn't see a lot of bust, you know, from the naked eye without really knowing, you know, what they were calling exactly and, and what kind of coverage and stuff like that. You know, you know, without knowing everybody's responsibilities, it's hard to say, you know, one way or the other, but um, you know, anytime you hold a, a team to, you know, under two touchdowns, uh, whatever the final was, what was what, what the final end up 13, being? 13-10. 13-10, yeah. So, you know, you're reaching your goal um, at that point. But, you know, people coming out after this week of watching, you know, Colorado win. And, and uh, you know, I I believe that Dion would would get it right out there, you know, just knowing the guys that he has on staff and knowing just the type of competitor that he is, uh, you know, for, for people, and maybe it's part of his plan, you know, they'll get caught up in, in the prime time and, you know, all that stuff. But at the, at, at the heart of it, Dion knows what he's doing and Dion knows football and he knows winning football. Um, so he kind of, you know, had a good feeling that they were going to be good, but by no, by no means is this game not winnable. Um, if Nebraska just does not shoot themselves in the foot, if they don't turn the ball over, if they do the little things right, you can win this game. The thing that they need to do, you need to be more physical. When you walk off that field, when the final seconds have walked off the field, and you know whether or not you got the best of, of the guy that lined up across from you. If you get all, you know, 22 guys walking off the field saying, I kicked that dude's ass, there's a good chance that we can win this game. If you keep the game in between the tackles and you keep it on the ground, then I think Nebraska's got a shot, and you're tougher than them, then I think you got a shot. 
if you're going to try to score with them, then I think it's an uphill battle. Um, you know, they, they've just got speed on the, the on the edge that we don't necessarily have maybe at this point. Um, but, you know, by, like I said, by no means, um, you know, this game, we can go out and we can come back with a victory. Are you uh, rolling in? Are you going in, into enemy territory? Are you going out to Boulder? Got it. You got to. You know, you got it. You got it. <laughs> Your boys are going out there to play. You got to go. You know that their, their sidelines are going to be filled, right? They're going to have all the guys out there. They're all going to be Cordell. I'm sure they'll all be lined in the, the – you never know when things go down, Schmitty. You got to be laced up and ready to go. <laughs> Is Cordell going to run from you? Well, I don't know. We're probably about the same size now, but uh, yeah, no, that wouldn't that be wouldn't that be great, huh? Just to spark, get the old rivalry going again. Just a, a halftime brawl at midfield between all the former guys that played. That'd be pretty awesome. Half, I mean, Fox wouldn't say no. <laughs> Might have to save that one for pay per view. Uh, why not, Jason Peter? Jason, uh, good to spend time with you. Thanks for a few minutes today. Anytime, Schmitty. And now, and now back to Hale Varsity Radio. The Hale Varsity Radio. Time for a Jock Doc Wednesday, and we uh, focus in on Travis Kelsey. Doctor Brandon Seifert with us, Nebraska Orthopedic Center. Doctor Brandon, is your fantasy draft done? And did you draft Kelsey? Oh, our draft is not done yet, my friend, but I would I would have considered drafting him, but now I'm a little bit cautious about it. How about yourself? You know, I, I did not keep him, but uh, his brother spilled the beans this morning on Philadelphia radio that it's not a it's not a, a torn ACL, it's more of a hyperextension, but still uh, he is questionable for tomorrow night's kickoff against the Lions. Let's talk about that hyperextension and just what that means not only for fantasy owners, but Chiefs fans. Yeah, so obviously way better scenario than if he had torn his ACL, obviously, at least based on what they're saying. Um, you know, if we talk about anatomically about what that means, we've had lots of discussions on here about ACL tears and the recovery and all that. Um, so this is what they're describing as a hyperextension injury. So if we think about this anatomically, hyperextension means if your knee's out, if your leg is out straight, and you envision your kneecap or knee going to the back, that would be what we call a hyperextension type of injury. Uh, always the big thing there you think about is you know what direction the knee is traveling determines obviously what ligamentous structure or anatomic structures are going to be damaged. So in this scenario, if you hyperextend the knee or you push that knee towards the back. Then you start to worry more about those ligamentous structures on what we call the posterior or back side of the knee, most important of which would be the, what we call the uh, posterior cruciate ligament, so the opposite of what an ACL is, resisting that force of the tibia, which is the shin going to the back of the knee. And so that's typically where you see the injury there. And then you tend to see uh, what we call kind of a, a cartilage bruise or a deep bone bruise happen in that scenario where you, as that knee hyperextends, the inside part of your knee kind of crashes together and you kind of get this big bruise to the inside part of the knee and you can get some swelling from that. And that's kind of that classic what we call hyperextension injury that happens. It's Dr. Brandon Seifert with us here at Jock Doc Wednesday on Hale Varsity Radio. And Dr. Brandon, it sounds like right now the Chiefs' main concern is that swelling and that mobility if he wants to be ready to go for week one against the Lions. But uh, I want to ask you if you think there's any sort of long-term risks here with, with Travis Kelsey's season. He went number four overall in my fantasy draft. I didn't take him, but but should 
Should fantasy owners be worried or are Kansas City Chiefs fans be worried about this becoming a nagging injury that can affect Kelsey's season throughout I mean, the next 17 weeks? Because the Chiefs, their receiver core looks a little bit weak, and if they don't have Kelsey, you don't know who Patrick Mahomes is going to throw the ball to. Yeah, absolutely. So the big thing there you worry about is, like we've talked about before, there's different kind of grades of those sprains, so depending on how much you essentially stretch out the ligament. So if we're talking a grade one here, you have just a little bit of a stretch to that PCL, a little bit of bruising in the bone, you know, that's a very quick recovery. That's kind of a week-to-week, and he's probably back looking pretty good over the next two or three weeks. If you move on to that kind of grade two area, now you've started to stretch that PCL a little bit more, a little bit more bleeding in the knee, more swelling. Now you start to push him out. Maybe he doesn't look all that great for five or six weeks. And obviously you get into the grade three zone where you completely rip the PCL. Now you're looking at it could be longer. It could be six, eight, nine weeks before he looks you know, reasonable and probably doesn't ever quite look the same, at least during the season. Um, it sounds like they're being fairly optimistic about this. So this is probably more in that grade one-ish zone. So he probably is going to look pretty good within, I would say, three or four weeks of this. Um, typically with these, you know, really the, it, the instability piece is not a big part of it. It really becomes a matter of in terms of kind of being a nagging injury is how bad the bruising is in the bone. Um, that's just one of those things where if you cut, you land on it, it just gets kind of achy, kind of sore. You may not want to cut as hard just because it doesn't feel great. And so that could be one of those things that might be kind of nagging for him. And that'd be the thing I worry about more is kind of how bad is his chondral contusion. When we talk about soreness, stiffness, is this um, something that he's going to have to tolerate some pain or – uh, if they rest him, and, and I would err on the side of caution, uh, and that's, you know, sit him until he feels ready to come back, why why risk it is, is kind of my take. But can he play through some pain? Injured v. hurt, right? Are you hurt or are you injured? That is correct, yep. And so in this scenario, if it's mainly just, you know, bone bruise, chondral contusion type, and really not a big stretch injury to that uh, PCL and NASA. It's one of those deals you could push through. Um, and obviously, he's as tough as he is, the level he plays at, he could do that. It's early, and so you know they might sit him for one or two games, and I think that's reasonable, and that's probably enough to, to have him ready to roll, again, all depending on kind of the size of that uh, cartilage bruise. Dr. Brandon Seifert with us, a, another Jock Doc Wednesday, Nebraska Orthopedic Center. And, Dr. Brandon, if, if pain is the main concern here for Travis Kelsey, is this something where we, we've heard in the NFL before they get those Toradol shots for pain before the game? Is that something that you would consider here? Does that up the risk uh, of a potential re-injury? Yeah, that's a good question. So with those, you know, anytime we're dealing with kind of knee issues, if there's some type of ligamentous structure involved, you want to be really careful about the steroid injections um, because that can obviously – basically hide some of that pain, and then it'd be easier to kind of get into a situation where you really start to push through it and you could create more instability. Also, if you're throwing steroid on top of that, you're probably slowing down that kind of ligamentous healing process. Um, but if it's more of just a bad, you know, cartilage bruise, chondral contusion type, and the ligamentous structures are okay, then, yeah, I would give him a couple weeks. If you get a few weeks out and he's still pretty darn sore, then you could think about putting a steroid shot in, and that'd be very reasonable just to calm down symptoms and that inflammation at least in what we call the subchondral surface, or just underneath the cartilage. Dr. Brandon, uh, when we talk about speed and, and Kelsey looking like Kelsey, you know, what's, what's fair for him to, to look like the old Kelsey? Yeah, after some rest, after some recovery, is this something that can get tweaked again? 
Yeah, it sure could. Um, it really all depends on how quickly he gets that quad muscle back. That's that big kind of determining factor of how much stability is there. So once he reestablishes that quad kind of concept of retweaking, really starts to go down for him. Dr. Brandon Seifert's with us here at Jock Doc Wednesday. And Dr. Brandon, I do have to ask you about my fantasy team. One of the standard trade maneuvers in fantasy is buying low and selling high. And right now, Travis Kelsey's stock is pretty low. You might have an owner out there who's a little bit worried about what their tight end position is going to be. Would you personally buy low on Travis Kelsey now and, and, and buy the fact that he is going to get better and return back to health as, as the year goes on? Or do you think there's too much risk in that move? Ooh, I think that's pretty good advice at this point. Based on what they're saying, I might let the dust settle here for another day or two and figure out what uh, what kind of reports will come out. I'm sure he's probably headed off for second, third, maybe even fourth opinion of this. Um, so maybe give it a couple of days, let the dust settle, but that's probably a pretty good strategy. Strike while the iron's hot is always my take, Dr. Brandon. And whenever there's uncertain, uncertainty, the, uh, the bold are the ones that make the headlines. You know, So if you go bold trade for Kelsey, that could be a playoff piece down the road. Could be. Very true. Could be. Uh Or it could also be the reason you lose the league. Uh (laughs) Dr. Brandon, we'll we'll get caught up again. Always love spending time with you. Thanks for a few minutes today. Hey, fellas. You guys take care. Have safe travels. Good stuff, Dr. Brandon Seifert, uh, Nebraska Orthopedic Center. Todd, again, to correct my reading. For bleep's sake, someone told me the Huskies beat Purdue. They beat Boston College. It's all right, Todd. There was a Power 5 squad. You definitely suck at reading and deciphering <laughs> on the go. Why does Elijah have to drive out there, but you fly? Are you a diva? <laughs> I just like, what do I say? What do I say? Listen, heading out, big ride of the Rockies tomorrow, some four us, o'clock central. All some, right. Some of us just like driving. Some of us like that windshield time. And I'm, I'm riding back. I'm paying for his gas. I just got to go early. All right. And now, and now back to Hale Varsity Radio. One final time, it's Hale Varsity Radio, Boulder Bound. We are in Estes Park, three to five Mountain Time tomorrow. Big Red of the Rockies, come see us there. The Coloradoans for Nebraska event with Gary Michaels Friday in Estes. Blur, be there if you're headed to Boulder Saturday morning, Saturday post game. It'll be awesome. And it'll be amongst friends if you're a Nebraska fan. And if you bring a buff along, as long as they don't break glass in your eye, they're welcome. Uh, can also keep sending those emails. We'll get to more of them tomorrow. Have you had a positive experience in Boulder? Just want to hear about your Nebraska-Colorado experiences. And it's uh, it's been fun. Now, the psyche part is big. And our friend Vic in Denver touched on that in the stream. Uh, if Nebraska can win a big game like this, That'll do wonders, right? Colorado is somebody that is loved up right now. And, Elijah, I want to get your take, man. You got the uh, the haircut done. You got the mustache trimmed. It's always fun to hear what fans and listeners have to say. And we heard it all with the Minnesota reaction. But we're, we're midweek. Right now, you've been to the barber shop. Mm-hmm. You've probably been to a bar. You went to bowling last night. I hear that the the buzz and the excitement and the even hope for this thing is well, don't go get blown out. That's kind of the mindset. And the barber shop told you what? What the fellas at the barber shop say? Hope is low. 
Hope, yeah, hope, hope right? is low at the barbershop. Hope is low. And, and like, to kind of get this thing flipped, there needs to be some umph. I mean, there was a lot of eggs or, or hope put into the Minnesota basket. Well, and, and the take was not that Nebraska looked terrible. It was just the take that, that and, and shout out to my man Andy. Love you, Andy. Nebraska's a masochist. L- love you, Andy. Yeah, it's, it's that. You've got ne- a wrestling mask and, and some sort of leash. Masochist is a great way to put it. It's just, he, he said it's, uh, it's different characters, but the same movie. That was his direct quote. <laughs> and what did you see in the in the previous the previous seasons, the previous Pulp movies? Fiction, Pulp Fiction Two: Revenge of the Gimp. It's that in Nebraska. Whenever in a season you saw that they were struggling to get things done at the end, they're struggling to close. They're find ways to shoot themselves in the foot. That would continue throughout the whole season. And and I think that's kind of the the story with this one as well. Is hey, Colorado looked good against TCU. They look like a team that's going to be hard to beat. You combine it with the fact that Nebraska is probably going to find ways to to beat themselves. Uh, and they're probably going to find the way to, to turn the ball over and, and give Colorado's offense more opportunities. It, they didn't like Nebraska's chances. Not just my man Andy, but also the other people in the barbershop. They didn't like Nebraska's chances. And that, that's the story right now. And it's, it's Nebraska. Are they using that as bulletin board material? The amount of doubt out there. Not just in the state of Nebraska. Not just in the city of Lincoln. But nationally. I mean, 93% of the bets nationwide are on Colorado. Does, do they use those bulletin board material to get better this week and, and to find a way to get them over the hump at the end of the game? Is that is that mental or is that physical? What is it? And, and I guess we're going to find out on Saturday. But I am not of the opinion that Nebraska is on a, a razor's edge here from being blown up in this game. I don't. I don't. I mean, and the I, margin the margin of error for Nebraska is thin to win, but I think Nebraska's defense will will keep a minute. Uh, Jason says, "Hammer the plus three, take Nebraska." Uh, Kansas Husker says, listen, uh, three months ago was, uh, we're not sure. And now they're ranked. Uh, it's ironic. And, and that's just it. I mean, they, they look good offensively, defensively. They're a nightmare and Nebraska's offense wall needs a lot of lipstick Maybe they got to the beauty parlor this week of practice. And I think Colorado has things they can exploit from Nebraska, but I think there's a plenty that Nebraska can exploit from Colorado. We'll talk to you from Big Red of the Rockies. Big thanks to Sauter Heyman and Lazarius for getting this thing rolling. A Huda Media Production.